Beer Fables, a podcast where two lifelong friends and totally obsessed business nerds discuss all things leadership. I'm your host, Jacob Evans, and I'm joined by your other host, Casey Clark, who told me before we started recording that he was about ready to rip my head off. So here we go, folks. This is going to be a great show. Jacob, people are crazy today. Uh, every meeting I have been in today, people have been crazy. And I just told you, if you bring the crazy to this podcast, you're toast. I'm going to try really hard not to, but uh, <laughs> there's no guarantees. It's a podcast. And we try to keep this as kind of extemporaneous as possible. It's a good thing we're recording remotely so that if, if I do lose it, you know, there's no bodily harm. I do know where you live, though. So. That's true. But I think, I don't know. We'll have to test this. I think I might be able to outrun you. Oh, I think you could. Okay. <laughs> I think I think it would have so, been even hard. So uh, I got that going for me. Yeah, exactly. We'll take it. All right. Well, very cool. Well, this week we are continuing our um, our talks on the five altitudes of planning. We've talked about weekly planning, daily planning, quarterly planning, and now I think this might be my favorite topic, and I know it's Casey's favorite topic. We're talking about life planning. So, Casey, what is life planning? I have no idea. I thought you knew and we're bringing... No, I'm just I came <laughs> here to, to, to learn from the master. I've just started this sort of journey in, uh, on life planning and I, uh, I, I... Okay, well, this could yeah. be a very short episode. It, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. And, and I know what, for me, a life plan has helped me to look broader at what I'm working on, what I'm trying to accomplish than just work. And frankly, I, you know, I know how to move the ball at work. I know how to make progress. What I'm not so good at is that that doesn't take over my life so that I don't make progress in other areas. And so for me, what a life plan does is it helps you to avoid drift and make sure that you're focusing on the things that really matter and not just on what's urgent and kind of losing the forest for the trees, if that makes sense. Now. I just got to say this, like life plan, it sounds kind of ominous. Like this is, this is like, it's like serious business. And it's something that I don't think a lot of us consider like, oh, what is the, what is the purpose of my life? When I first heard it, I was like, throw on my Birkenstocks, go hug a tree. You know, maybe I need to eat some more kale in my diet. Like it felt very like uh, touchy filly to me, but uh, the framework I think that we'll present today is very practical and it's very my my personality is very achiever so it, it, there's enough achiever in it to keep me engaged in it as well as kind of making sure that I'm connecting to higher level priorities and stuff that I want to work on and making sure that I don't sacrifice my marriage so that I can reach the my career goals or I don't sacrifice my kids because I'm traveling too much right like it, it it allows me to look holistically at my life and have some goals uh, to get closer to an ideal state that I want to live in. That's great. So what kind of led you to developing a life plan? Like what prompted it? Did, did, did an event occur? Did like, well, I, I'll share mine here in a minute. Like what, what got you on this sort of journey of developing and refining and reviewing your life plan. Yeah, I think it came out of frustration for me. And I shared a little bit about this in the last podcast, but every year I do this ritual where I go away for my birthday and I take a couple days and I check into a hotel 
or I go on a long train ride or I, I do something to get away and reflect on the last year. And I have like 20 years worth of notes from doing this and started with like an afternoon at Starbucks. And then it, you know, it, from there it went to like, I'm going to spend it overnight at a hotel or, and then it, it got to where this is like a real routine. There's a, there's a movie that I watch every year that helps me connect. I watch it's a wonderful life every year uh, on my birthday, which is around Christmas too, by the way, I'm, I'm December 15th. So it's pretty close. I, I even drive and I just drive by all the houses that I've lived in uh, over the years. Just, just a, it, it's good reflection time for me. But when I, when I would start to do my goals, a couple things would happen. One is I have the same goal 20 years. Uh, it, it was to, to lose weight and get healthier. And I'm like, why am I not making progress on this goal? Every year I'm looking at this and it's the same thing. And then second, I would set all these like work goals. And then I'd be like, but shouldn't life be about more than work? And like, how do I set goals for my marriage? How do I set goals for my family? How do I set goals for like hobbies that I want to do and things like that? And, and I just was like overwhelmed, um, with how to try to fit all this in without being so prescriptive that it was annoying. And then I found a book that helped me, which I can, I can talk about here in a minute. Uh, put a framework to this and then it helped me set goals from there. But so I, I would say it was born out of frustration uh, and a desire to just like have a healthy, holistic life. Yeah. I think for me, the, what got me kind of on the journey to develop a life plan or to at least initially develop a life plan was I was feeling, I was, you know, getting like you, I was getting work done. Uh, I was making money. Things were okay. Like, but I was not feeling fulfilled. In like all areas of my life. And um, part of it was work, but part of it was I just wasn't investing in areas that I really care about. And um, that's what kind of led me to considering, well, what are the things I really care about? And what are the things I want to invest in? Or what do I want to be known for? And, uh, and that's why I developed a life plan. Nice. And you've done this within the last couple of years, right? Yeah. Like, so uh, last six months, actually. Yeah. Oh, last six months. And mine is only like, I think two and a half, three years old, uh, on mine. I, I will like caution. It's a little bit of a painful process. Like, I don't know. Did you feel that when you oh, yeah. did yours? Yeah. yeah. When I, when I had started on it and we'll, we'll talk about this here in a minute, but it was like, Oh, this seems kind of heavy. <laughs> this seems, uh, uh, yeah, it's, it, and, and then, you know, part, some of the exercises are a little painful. I don't know if painful is the right word. They're just, uh, I had some resistance to kind of getting, getting started. Yeah. I used to do financial counseling and I would, I would talk to people about putting together a will or putting together, you know, life insurance or things like that. And they'd be like, I don't want to do that because if I do it, it's going to happen. Right. If I get life insurance, I'm going to die, which is okay. Flawed logic, uh, there, and, you know, we'd talk like, but the one thing I would encourage folks who are getting started, it does feel like a big step, but once it's done, it's pretty done. And I can say I'm three years in now, I think, and I only do minor edits to it now every year where the first year took a little bit longer. So I just say it's worth the investment up front of time. And you do need to set aside some time to uh, to do it because it I don't know, it's kind of hard to leave and come back to and leave and come back to like it's it's better if you can just get the thing done, you know, like if you're doing a will or something like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll also mention this. The. Um... A good idea is to just maybe take one of your personal retreats and yep. crank out or start cranking out your life plan. That's that's in fact what I did, and uh, 
yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I took the time. I didn't focus as much on my sort of quarterly planning as I would have liked to, um, but I it's worth it. I got a lot done on my on my life plan, which which felt really good. After you do it too, you'll be like, "How did I ever set a goal before I had this?" Because it it really drove home for me that the goals I'd been setting were not necessarily attached to who I wanted to be. They were often just like something that was like emergency, right? Or something. It wasn't the deeper level work that I wanted to do on myself. And so, uh, it, it's definitely worth it. And then you'll wonder how you ever lived without it. It's, it's that type of exercise. All right. So Casey, how do we get started? Oh boy. So it starts with a lot of alcohol and no, I'm just kidding. Oh, <laughs> but, I don't know if that's a good recipe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I'll tell you who I want to be. When, <laughs> uh, no. I, so I would recommend first off that you get a resource to help you with this, with some, you know, prompting questions and guiding exercises, which we'll talk a little bit about here and kind of loosely this framework, but there's a great book called Living Forward. Uh, it's by Daniel Harkavy and Michael Hyatt, which you've heard us talk about on this uh, program. Um, and I would say it's now probably my most gifted book uh, that I give people. It's, I think I gave you a copy, Jacob. It's like 80 pages long. It's he gave not it to me twice. Book. Twice. Gave, yeah, that's right. Two this times. is the book I gave you twice. <laughs> not <laughs> once, but twice. Yeah. Uh, well, and then you finally did it. So it worked out. You were going to get it a third time if you uh, if you didn't do it. But it's it's again it's it provides a really solid framework um, that helps you do this in a way that's not so overwhelming. And what it'll have you do is create an ideal state for different areas of your life. If everything was perfect, if everything was hunky dory, this is who this is who I would be. Then map out a current reality. Uh, okay, so this I know who I want to be, but here's who I am. And then you set goals to help bridge the gap from one to the other. So I, I think get the book first. Um, and then get some time away to be able to focus on this. That's great advice. Uh, the book is really helpful and I will say it is a quick read. It is not yeah. a very long book. Uh, it's one of those books that you could probably read in an afternoon or a couple of afternoons, but, but the exercises I found, uh, as you indicated, Casey are invaluable and they're, and they're pretty easy to do. They're, they're easy. They're 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 easy to explain. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll frame it that way. They're they're uh, they, they do take a little bit of diligence and and thought, obviously, uh, to complete. Yeah, and they're a little bit exhausting. I'll say that. Like, uh, it's a different type of exhaustion of reflection, and it's not a bad thing either to go through with another person. Like, if you have a friend who's wants to write theirs or a spouse or. Uh, you know, even a coach or a counselor, it's not a bad thing to be able to share the outcomes of the exercises and reflections that you do. I actually did it with my team uh, at work. So I have four direct reports and we decided we'd all do it together. And I think that was really helpful um, because you could, and, and we just took a section at a time. I think in the book, it tells you to take a day, but I found I actually needed to spread it out over a week or two uh, to complete it and have dedicated blocks of time. But it was nice to come together with other people that were doing it and were equally overwhelmed and tired and excited. And uh, that really helped me as I was going through the process. That's great. Um, one of the things that they talk about in the book that I that really resonated with me is that a tool like this, having a life plan, really helps us to, to avoid drift. I think a lot of us like innately have some idea of what we want to do, what we want to be, how we want to behave, 
but we forget. Uh, uh, We forget about that uh, from time to time. And having having a tool like a life plan helps us perform course corrections as necessary. And particularly, you know, as we've kind of talked about on this podcast, uh, during our quarterly retreats, it's a tool that we can refer to and ensure that the things that we're working on, the things that we're spending our time and energy towards and our money and treasure and all that, uh, align with our, our life plan and aren't drifting off in some other direction. That's not going to result in the life we want to live. Yeah. And it takes out the subjectivity of how things are going in your life. I think we all get that question from people like, how are you doing? You know, sometimes it's just a surface past the time, but if you're having coffee with a good friend and they ask you how you're doing, I found, I find often people don't actually have benchmarks for their lives, right? They're just kind of living day to day. And then what happens is we live in Salt Lake city. We get black ice, you hit black ice, you start to skid and it's like, wait, am I skidding right now? Or did I never know what direction I was going? And this really helps you make progress and it, it, you get the wins, you know, it's worth it. And I can look back now over several years of things that I've worked on and improved and in areas that I'm still working and struggling and, and need some help on. So it's, it, I will say it's, it, it's hard, but it's definitely worth it. Well, Casey, how do we get this thing underway? Give us okay. the cliff notes of the book. I'm going to give you the cliff notes and I'll say this mostly the book with some Casey, you know, uh, through this and trying to break it into like, I like, like here five easy steps and, and I should say five really difficult steps, uh, for you to create a life plan. Now to be clear, we have six steps. Oh, six steps. We right, have six five. steps here for creating a life plan. So step but number my one, six Casey. step is always sneaky. My sixth step is always a sneaky one. Sorry. Right. You can so if you're listening, you can wait until we you know cover number <laughs> six. Just, just hang tight. Yeah. So I think the very first thing that you want to do with this is to start with the end in mind and, I think this is the most, for me, was the most uh, challenging aspect and the most rewarding as I was doing this was to start by writing a eulogy of my life. And in this, you know, pretend, you know, you, you, you were gone tomorrow and you were tasked still in writing your own eulogy. What would be in there? What would the people closest to you say about you and in how do you want to be remembered? And there's a couple of ways to do this. One is to do it, uh, kind of current state, uh, which is, I think what the book tells you to do. I didn't read the directions in the book totally when I did this. So my team all did it like current state. I did it aspirationally. And I'll tell you that I had a very much of a better time than those who use the current state <laughs> to write their, uh, eulogy. But yeah, what would you want your eulogy to say? You know, what would it want it you want it to say about who you are and and how people remember you is a really good defining exercise to kick it off. Well, and I think the reason why Michael Hyatt uh talks about writing a eulogy for current state is for some of us it's a shocking experience. Like it kind of shocks us into uh considering, well, what would we like the final state to look like? So I think you really should write, if you write a current state eulogy, you should write a, a finished state yes. eulogy <laughs> uh, or, or just skip to the finished eulogy. That's in fact what I did. I didn't, I didn't want to write one for my current state. It would, it, 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 not that it would be so depressing or awful. It's just, I, I'm a dreamer. So I, I went, I, I went to dreaming. 
Yeah. I like that you did it that way too. I think I probably gave you that advice before you started because, uh, I've had a lot of people like, I don't want to do anymore after I did, uh, the current state <laughs> reality there. Uh, I am looking at mine. I pulled up my life plan here and, uh, maybe I'll read just a couple parts of it. Um, one of it maps out some of the key focuses in, in my and my wife's uh, life in that we are foster parents, we're adoptive parents. Um, and then I also feel like in business, you know, being a mentor to people. Uh, so I, I talk a lot about that inside uh, my eulogy uh, with my wife. Uh, I'll read part of this. Uh, Casey was married to the love of his life, Lisa, for over 75 years. Uh, nice. This is assuming that I'm going to get to 100, I think, is how I wrote this. <laughs> so, oh, I like that. Uh, we'll have been 75 years if I, I like make because we got married in our 20s. Uh, and I put, their marriage was a love story for the ages, filled with joy, admiration, and love. Casey never stopped pursuing Lisa and counted her as his closest friend, partner, and muse. Uh, and then it, it, it talks a little bit about how I want to be remembered as a business person and uh, the teams that that I worked on, the travel that that I'd done. And then the volunteer causes that that I was a part of, including poverty elimination, foster care, adoption, refugee, and even has some goals. Like I have a goal in here that over the course of our lifetime, we've given a million dollars away. Now, I'm nowhere near a million dollars in uh, giving, but it is something I want to aspire to. And so I put it in here. And then there's also a section about my health where... Uh, you know, in my early forties, I reshaped my health, losing a hundred pounds. And I wrote this before I actually lost and, and I have lost 115 pounds wow. uh, over the last year. And so this good example of like something that I wrote, then I started to action plan on how I could actually get there. And, uh, um, it, it, one of the things in here too, is that I've been to every place that I wanted to be. I've traveled every place that I wanted to visit, you know, things like that, that, that I would want in my eulogy. So it's, it's a fun exercise. I know you did this too, right? Yeah, I did this too. And, and yeah, well, I had a bit of travel. Uh, one thing that I I'd like to be known for is sharing my knowledge and coaching and mentoring people. And that's something that I have been able to do, uh, in business, but would like to do more outside of business. And, uh, I, I talked about that kind of at length. Um, yeah, I want to be a good father. I want to love my wife and stay married. Hopefully, until I'm a hundred, that sounds awesome. I don't think I put the number of years in there, so I might need to go back and and amend very my, quantitative uh, in nature. Jacob, amend but. my eulogy. I, I really like that. Uh, yeah, and and you know, I I think it's 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 a it's a great opportunity to just kind of dream about what the rest of your life uh, can look mm -hmm. like. And I actually, when I kind of got into that mode, I found it to be a lot of fun uh, to just kind of dream about the things I, I, I like to do and want to be known for. And, uh, and, and then, you know, to your point, Casey, it, it did of course prompt some goals, uh, yeah. that I, that I set in fact for this quarter even. So it's also a wonderful thing to go back to when you're having a crappy day. Um, I was telling Jacob about a meeting I was in today that I was super frustrated if I read through my eulogy, there's nothing about this meeting uh, <laughs> in the eulogy. So he was a great. Maybe, he was great at meetings. He was the, maybe he how was I the best contributor yeah. in all the meetings he went to. <laughs> yeah, it was nothing about I nailed this one project. Right, it helps me think <laughs> bigger than the day to day successes and misses, um, which are important too to document and think through. But uh, it helps me connect to the larger picture. Yeah, this I think this exercise particularly really helps, and I think you mentioned this. Like, it really helps us see the forest for the trees. Like, we can see yeah. the whole forest, and uh, and you know, in our weeks and months, we're attending and days. You know, we're attending sometimes individual trees, 
but it's really nice yeah. to, you know, particularly on a bad day to back up and go, okay, hold it. The forest yeah. isn't, it's not all burned down. There's still some really healthy trees here and uh, I'm going to plant some more trees and it's going to be great. Yeah, exactly. And I think if, if this is all you get done in a life plan, it's pretty big um, and it will direct you and refocus you as well. Now, I think there's some better things to like take it, like, turn the the wrench on it a couple times, but it, it will really put you in the right mindset and, and help you think of your life at a big picture rather than than just today. And I think it's like we tell people, you got to work in your business or work on your business instead of always in your business. It's it's the same thing with your life. You're working on your life versus in your life, mm-hmm. and it helps you reframe the rest of these steps. So I got to ask, Casey, you've, you've had a life plan for a couple of years now. How mm-hmm. often do you go in and revisit your eulogy or do you do it at all? Is this kind of like a one and done exercise or is it something that you have refined over some period of time? Yeah. So I review the, the life plan every quarter during my quarterly retreat. And I try, sometimes I'll tweak it in my quarterly retreat, but not often, but in my annual retreat, once a year, when I go away on my birthday, I'll look for what I want to rewrite and update or add to it. I've never touched my uh, eulogy though. Okay. Uh, so that, that's been kind of a one and done. So let me yeah. ask you uh, just regarding the eulogy, how long should this thing be? Is it like oh, good question. five pages? Is it a small novelette? Well, like, I don't, I don't want to read your eulogy if it's five pages. I don't care how much <laughs> I like you. But, well, that's, uh, I mean, eulogies typically are pretty short. Uh, yeah. Well, Mine is, okay. Not maybe not a eulogy. I think I'm thinking more of an obituary. But yeah, even eulogies are you know yeah, yeah. eulogies are not they're not really long. Maybe an obituary is better word even. So mine is 252 words. Oh, that so that's, like that's, it's not very long. Really I think mine might be 500, yeah. but uh, so it's just a couple pages really. Yeah, if I was speaking it, it might be longer. But when I write, I tend to condense. But. Uh, yeah. And, uh, like I said, I, you know, I've changed probably every other part of my life plan, but this one stayed pretty consistent. And I would say if this is changing a lot, you may like need to do some soul searching on who you want to be, which is fine. It just can be one of your goals. Even I know there's one air, one of my life accounts, which we'll talk about here in a minute that I'm kind of searching, uh, in that area, like some things about what I've always thought in that area are changing a bit. And so I'm re-exploring those and those are some of my goals. So. Okay, so step number one, begin with the end in mind. Write your eulogy. Yes. Step number two, Casey. You said there's six <laughs> yeah. steps. So step number yes. two. Uh, so at that point, once you've done that, it's to identify your key relationships in your life. And I mean, if you read your eulogy, hopefully your key relationships are popping out there. Um uh, I know for me, this, uh, I'll, my list here, I have a spiritual component here. I have my wife, I have my daughter, I have my sons, I have colleagues at work, I have friends and I have extended family. And I think you have to be careful that you're not writing every name of someone you've ever met here. <clears throat> like these are significantly who you want to go and then explore how those relationships are going. Um, and so mine is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, uh, different. And, and some are grouped. Like my boys are grouped together. Work colleagues are grouped together. Um, but my wife has her own category. This is how you can stature people in your life. You have your own category in my life plan. Uh, but yeah, go and go and identify those, uh, key relationships. That's, uh, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because when I did this exercise, 
I came up with a very long list and I had to go through this sort of condensing process. I have a very similar list to you, Casey, but I had to go and kind of condense it and like, okay, well, colleagues, close friends or lifelong friends, uh, and kind of bucket them that way. Uh, I had this tendency to go, Oh yeah. And so-and-so, Oh yeah. And so-and-so. Mm-hmm. And you know? <laughs> it does though point out that there are different levels of relationships in that, like there's acquaintances and, but then there's my family and my family should have a much more defined plan than, than someone I'm kind of friendly with. Right. But friends are important. And so I found like the, the kind of less close to my immediate family, I could bucket them, you know, into how I wanted to interact with them. And I didn't need to specifically call out people, but a group, uh, but that the people closest to me, I needed to call out by name. So after we've identified our key relationships, what do we do next? Like what, why is this, why is it important to identify these folks? Because it's, it's when we get to our current state and, and where we're at, we're going to, uh, we're going to narrow in on, on these groups to assess the health of the relationship and what we could do to get to closer to that ideal state. So once you, and that step two is identifying the key relationships. And then you could call this two B or step three is to identify what we call life accounts. Um, and these are different areas where you want to focus, uh, your efforts and I'm pulling mine. I have, I think nine life accounts and some of the people actually fit into these life accounts, but, uh, let me back up for a second in the, in the key relationships, you're going to write uh, a statement on what you want that relationship to be. Um, and how, so for example, um, I'll, I'll, I'll share what I wrote about my wife here. I want Lisa to remember that she was the absolute love of my life. My best friend, the person I most wanted to live life with. I want to remember that I was a leader for our family and lived a life of purpose. I want her to remember that I never stopped pursuing her and would go the extra mile to support her dreams. I want her to remember me as someone quick to laugh while being a rock during good and bad times. So it's, uh, you take and you, you define what you want that relationship to be. I think I skipped that step. Yeah. That, I was trying to lead yeah. you to water there. My friend, yeah, I think you, I hey, you got the there. Answer. That's awesome. You got there. <laughs> this is why you got to write it down or I, you forget. <laughs> I really enjoyed this exercise. Just yeah. thinking about like, yeah, who are the key relation? Who are the people in my life that I consider to be a key relationship and how do I want them to remember me yeah. and how do I want to treat them? And that, that, yeah, that was really, uh, for me, it was very motivating. It was like, oh yeah, and and it and it did as you as you kind of indicated, Casey. It did present some gaps. It was like, oh, I gotta I gotta work on this. <laughs> it becomes clear right as you're writing it. You know, you're like, ouch. You know, right yeah. as you're you're typing it out. There's one other one I wanted to share here, which was work colleagues, because I I really spent a lot of time on like thinking, how do I want folks that I worked with to remember me. And I put, I want those, uh, who am I work with to remember that I brought joy, passion, and precision to our work. Uh, I want to have a legacy as someone who had a superpower of building high performing teams and accomplishing big things. I want those to work with that. know I care about them deeply as a person, not just for what they do. And that I always push them to be successful in every area of their life. So it's like, it's like a mission statement for the relationship, which then makes you think, okay, like, what am I not? doing there. I'm not bringing passion to what we're doing. Okay. How could I bring passion to what we're doing? And it starts to help you be able to frame, you know, some goals. Yeah. One of the things that I had in my colleagues bucket, I'm just reading here is Jacob does what he said. He's what he says he's going to do on time oh, and under budget. 
Because oh. there's sometimes like I, you know, I mean, we all forget stuff. I, I try not to do that, and I uh, yeah. so that that kind of uh, ensures that when I do make a commitment, I write it down and I you know, I look at it, and because you know we've all worked with people, I think that don't do that, and uh, yes, uh, yeah. I, I thought the under budget was brave. Uh, that's a well. That's I got awesome. a great track record so far. I got a great track. So, you know, hopefully, the rest of my life, I'll I'll be able to maintain that. But yeah. I like it. Time like, will tell. And it doesn't. It's a good point, actually, is that you're not always going to live up to this ideal state. Uh, it's just knowing what it is, right? So you know where you missed it, versus being vague about like, am I. Am I a good friend? Am I a good colleague? Am I a good husband? Like, what does that mean? Well, I have a definition now of what it means. Let's just recap real quick. Begin with the end in mind. Step one, write your eulogy. Two, identify your key relationships and write a little narrative about how you'd like those people to feel about you, how you would like to treat them, your kind of ideal state in that relationship. And then three, and Casey, you alluded to this identifying our life accounts. So what is a life account? Yeah. So a life account is an area of focus that, that you want to have. And so, uh, I actually, there's a great graphic. Maybe we can put it in the notes, uh, for the episode that, that has a a really good kind of spiraled system in, and, and these are my life accounts. So it starts, you know, number one, uh, I have this inner, um, who I actually am. And this is a spiritual life account. This is an intellectual life account, and this is a physical, uh, life account. Then there's a circle outside of that, which is, uh, my marriage, uh, my parenting and my social, um, account. And then outside of that, the final ring is uh, vocational. So the work that I do, uh, avocational. So my hobbies and my interests, and then financial, and so those make up nine different accounts that, that I focus on, that I assess, that I set goals on, and that I've clearly defined uh, what, what the win is there. Uh, I have the exact same life accounts that you've, uh, that you've outlined there. So Winner, winner. Yeah. I was actually hoping you'd have different ones so I could like test myself on this. But, but it is a pretty comprehensive list when I start to think you can fit most things under those different accounts. Yeah, and for some of these, I actually include it as a um, single action list or as a project in my project manager. So when I do my weekly reviews, I'm like, oh, yeah, do I need to do anything to mm-hmm. kind of maintain my marriage? Do I need to do anything to kind of scratch my intellectual itch uh are there any like social uh any anybody that i want to you know connect with that i haven't connected with in a while and and i'll you know i might make a task i might not you know to 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 follow up with someone um during the week it's really smart because that those are the ones you'll neglect right are like the intellectual um the marital right the things that are maybe not on fire at the moment but will set on fire if you don't it's where you'll get bored with what you're doing right if your intellectual is not being You'll stop being as creative, but it's hard to prioritize it on a task list each week unless you're looking at it and making sure that it's a, that's a key part. And you 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 wind up in drift, focusing mm-hmm. on something that doesn't matter. Yeah, and sometimes nothing pops up, like or, or I'll already have some tasks identified. But it's just good to kind of think, okay, well, this is an area that I've decided, an, an account that I've decided that needs a balance. What do I need to do in the next couple of weeks to keep that balance healthy? So that I don't go into debt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. Yeah. And, and it, it sets up the stage for the next step, which is then mapping out the overall health uh, of those 
you know, different areas and, and really using a, a three part framework. Is it growing? Are you growing in that area? Are you consistent in that area or are you declining in that area? And that helps you identify areas that I'm like declining in. Those probably need some attention and focus for me, uh, where those I'm consistent in just need nurturing, right? And and need I need to keep on the same path. So let me pause here real quick. Um, we talked a little bit about kind of updating our eulogy. You indicated, Casey, that's not something you've you've had to do. I'm wondering how often do you review your life accounts? How often do you can reconsider or consider your key relationships? Is this something that you typically do? during a quarterly retreat? Yeah, every quarter. Um, and I, so I, I read through the life plan every week uh, during my weekly review. I edit at the quarterly. Um, and I don't know that I've changed much about my life accounts. Um, those have stayed kind of like the eulogy where it's an, and it's an aspirational statement, as have when we get into these life accounts, as has like uh, my ideal state has not changed much, but my current reality changes, which then changes my goals. Um, and, and that I do quarterly, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about the the step four, identifying the ideal state, current state, and, and drafting X steps. I imagine that's something, this sort of exercise you do for key relationships and life accounts on a quarterly sort of cadence. Yeah, exactly. That That's exactly it. And you'll notice that a lot of the key relationships that you have fit into the life accounts, right? Like my, my wife fits into the spouse account. Hopefully I don't have more than one person in the spouse account, right? Like that's I, we do live in Utah, Jacob. So, you know, it, it, it's the place to be. No, I, I, I don't think I could handle that or anyone could handle me in that way. So, uh, the, the key relationships actually fit under the life accounts once you're there. And so I don't do two separate sets. It's just that the life accounts at this phase where I'm going to go through and I'm going to map out an ideal reality or ideal state. Like what would this be like if it, if it was perfect or another way to say is like an envisioned future. Like what, what would this be? And I'll, I'll read you one. This is my one, my physical one. Uh, my envisioned future state is that I'm lean, I'm strong and I'm full of energy. I am consistent in my workly, uh, my workout routine, my diet, and I look freaking amazing. Uh, I'm up to date on all medical appointments, get enough sleep, and I feel terrific. So I, I like to have fun with this stuff. So you got to throw some fun uh, statements in there. But so that I then that's the ideal. That's what I'm working towards. Doesn't mean that I'll ever be there. Um, but then I, I the next step you're going to go and you're going to say, okay, that's ideal. What is reality? And I can tell you, I, this is the last one I wrote about that same one. At the time, I was down 80 pounds, um, but still overweight, like still work to do there. Uh, I wasn't doing any sort of strength workout uh, at that time. I was struggling with getting the right amount of protein and water. I have some dentist issues that I need to deal with, and I don't have a primary care doctor. So you can see my ideal versus my current, then I can come out with some goals that I'm going to make which one was establishing a primary care doctor. That's a, that's a great goal that I could tackle for the quarter or uh, developing an exercise routine, a strength workout routine, or uh, meeting with a dentist, right? Like those are the things like it becomes really clear how to set a goal off of your gap between ideal and current state, if that makes sense. So when we consider these like nine life accounts that we've identified and our key relationships, which, which as you mentioned, often fit into our life accounts, and we do this sort of gap analysis where we identify the ideal state, current reality, and set next steps, 
isn't there a tendency to feel a little overwhelmed at all the sort of goals you might need to set to achieve your ideal state or to move closer to your ideal state? So Casey, do you have any guidance on how to manage that well? So you're not, so you're not just feeling overwhelmed, right? Yeah. So what what I'll do is I'll set like more goals than I can actually achieve uh, in there. You'll see, I, I had, uh, what was it? One, two, three, four different health goals. Now this is, I'm thinking of a year's framework here, by the way. Um, so those, I have four goals that come out of the, the physical one. Now that's a major focus in my life. I'll say some of the others may have one or two, just depending on like financially, I, I just have a couple under those categories. I do better financially than I do physically. <laughs> that is like financially is where I'm wired. Physically is where I need help. But I'll you'll I'll end up like with a list of like 20 things, um, and it's like holy cow. And and that's actually the next step is that I'll take that list of of 20 or 15 or whatever that number is, and then I get five to six this year that I get to work on. And so I'm going to go through that list and I'm going to prioritize and I'm going to pick the ones that will move the needle the most, understanding that I can't do all of them. That, And then I'll, I'll take a couple of those each quarter uh, to focus on uh, there. Because if you try to do too much, you're going to get overwhelmed and stop doing it. So you look at your next steps, you pick yeah. six goals for the year, and yeah. then from there you slot those into your quarters. Exactly. I, I think yeah, that's five br- to six. Yeah. I think that's brilliant. On. But, and, and to keep in mind, you know, this is a life plan. So you yeah. are, we are, you know, kind of planning for life, uh, which means we can't do everything in a year or a month that's or it. a day. Well, it's so fun to go to your next quarterly retreat or your next annual retreat and be like, oh, this is so cool. Now, like when I look at my current reality, like I could tell you after at this point when I had lost 80 pounds felt a lot better than when I was 150 pounds overweight. Right. And, uh, like I, I, I'm morbidly obese and I'm in danger of a heart attack. Like that was one of my current states when I started this and it helped frame it to me. But now getting to put that I've lost 80 pounds, that's pretty cool. I still have work to do, uh, but but I've done that. It, it helps me do this. And I'll say the other part is there's some things that take a quarter, some things that take a year. There's some things like establishing a primary care doctor could take a week. Like I could get that done in a week. So or a I might fudge to, yeah, or just like, it's maybe a, might be a phone right call now. away. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You'd be surprised how long that one has taken me. Um, it's it's on my goal uh, list, uh, but it you know if if they're shorter goals, I know that I could flex to maybe ten in a year. You know, um, if they're larger, life changing goals, it might you know I might be able to do less. But I don't I don't regret what I can't do. I get excited about what I can do, and and I'm going to focus on those things so that later I can come back to those other things. Those are the five steps. One, write your eulogy, identify your key relationships, identify your life accounts, and then do a gap analysis for your life accounts on the ideal state, current reality, and next steps. And then from that list, pick a few goals for the year, a few things that you're going to knock out, maybe six, and then slot those in the quarters. And then go listen to our quarterly and weekly and daily because- and and we've talked a lot about this and you'll hear me say in the previous episodes, my goals get first priority in what I'm planning to do that day. So, so when I'm planning my week or planning my day, I'm going back to these goals. That's the number one priority uh, is to advance these goals because I know it's more than about work. It's about my holistic health and life and well-being um, as you're doing it. 
and it's the, again, it's like how I don't know how people set goals without it. Now I don't know how I ever set a goal without having this. I was right. Sometimes I was wrong a lot of the time, but when I actually took the time to map it out, I know that the goals I'm working on will make a difference. All right. So Casey, you said there was a sixth step. <laughs> I've been waiting. Well, I what's what 40 minutes now for the sixth step. So what is the sixth step? So this is the sneaky one again. It's just to plan a retreat each year and and update this document. This is not a golden tablet that you went atop a mountain and was chiseled by a burning bush that you brought down. Like this is not that. This is a working document. Like like I said, there's some stuff that hasn't changed, but I think I think will change over time. You know, as I'm doing this. My current reality always changes. Uh, or if it's not, I know that's a focus area for me. But you, you, if this thing just gets stuck in a drawer, it, it, it's not helpful. And so you need to develop those rhythms to review it. And as painful it is, is looking at it and then revamping it over time. That's great. Always yeah. plan your next retreat during your current retreat. Yes. And go and, you know bring some joy to this. I think I would write like, you know, there's nine life accounts. It, it, I would write one and then I'd be done. Like I, I couldn't power through this exercise and that's why it took me a little bit of time to do. I know I have a slow rhythm, uh, kind of the week after Christmas through new years, the university I work for, no one works that week. It feels like everyone takes vacation. So it's super quiet. I don't know about you. you I think that's true for a lot of companies. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know a number of companies I've worked for, they just gave everyone that time off. Yeah, might as well, right? Because no one's going to work anyway. And so I spend a lot of time on this during that. That's when I created this was that week uh, period of time. And it, it's really longer than a week, right? It ends up being like 10 days or so. Um, but find some time where you can do this or just take a little section at a time. Um, and and the, the payoff is just tremendous. So go do it. Make it happen. Yes. All right. Well, Casey, this has been... I. I this is, I think, one of my most favorite uh, episodes we've recorded of Leader Fable. So thanks for doing this with me. Uh, we have some more content uh, planned. And, and in fact, we've got content for our newsletter planned. So please go to our website, leaderfables.com, sign up for our newsletter, and enter to win not one, but two free books. So we're sending people two books, not just one, for signing up for the newsletter. Uh, we really appreciate it if you'd also leave a review on Apple Podcasts that really helps us um, uh, get get the word out, um, and uh, and of course, if you have any feedback regarding the show, please send us feedback at leaderfables.com. Until next time, Casey, lead on. Lead on.